0: journey, the Spirit of God, I believe, is so wanting to establish the Spirit-filled church on the rock of revelation, that is, Christ in us. So the Christ in us message, in Christ message, I believe, is paramount. So tonight, we might pray about everyone getting this revelation on the inside. I think the message, of course, it allows what? True spiritual identity in Christ true spiritual identity. It's coming out of the normalcy of life. It's coming out of the doldrums of realizing that you're born for so much more than this. Amen? Who we are and what we have in Christ. This is what this program and this message is about. Colossians 1.28 says, and I believe it's one of the most important messages in the New Testament, Paul said in Colossians 1.28, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Being in Christ, in fact, is the fulfillment of the entire new covenant. Once we have this reality at the core of our experience with God, our entire approach to everything is revolutionized. The way And the purpose of ministry, of pastoring people, of building the kingdom, and of our own personal walk with God is dramatically adjusted. Outside of Christ, we know this, we are on our own, naked of power, attempting to accomplish God's work without strength. It's impossible. In Christ, we are empowered, empowered far beyond our abilities and capacities, super equipped for everything. We just finished that great series, Magnificent Surrender, releasing the riches of living in the Lord. That's what the scripture says, that if we are in Christ, that it releases the riches of Christ to you. God's kingdom is our true home, but we've picked up a habit of resisting it. And then finally, when we do get saved, most of us find we've survived so long outside his kingdom that we've lost all instinct for thriving in the kingdom. Is that true? What does it mean to be fully alive in Christ, for Christ? And of course, we studied the letter of Colossians, which talks about the glory of God, but the glory of your life in Christ. It's magnificent. You should read it. Our magnificent surrender theme, wisely but lovingly, sometimes challenges us to take To heart, it's promise and it's exhortation that we can and must live in through with and for Christ who is all and in all supreme and sufficient. So I'm preaching not just to you at the moment, I'm preaching into the heavenlies. Do you mind? Do you mind if I just preach into the heavenlies and I'm preaching to the podcast listeners, but I'm preaching into your hearts, amen? Note, note, N-O-T-E, Most Christians struggle with spiritual formation, meaning they stay as caterpillars and they don't come out of the cocoon with their colors of glory and begin to fly like that beautiful butterfly does. People are not coming, wanting to come to a better building. They're not coming to programs, but they want to come to a church who's by those people are magnificently surrendered to God, and they are, in fact, a spiritual force. This is going to allow this church to be so healthy, so empowered, so so enabled, equipped to do a great work. We just sent out Garth and Jamie to Africa. I see so much more, so much more of potential in this church. So what it's about, it's about Christology. It's, it's really about who Christ is it's really about us being revitalized to who Christ is. We must orientate our lives towards Christ. That's what being saved is, that we look to him, we glean from him, we abide in him, in Christ. Amen? Christians engage in theological reflection so that their lives might be changed. So theology is, is literally about, I guess, understanding who God is and All these questions that we have on planet Earth. The Bible still talks even to all your problems, young people. If you're strung out on this and that and whatever in growing up, you will find those answers in the Bible. Theological reflection ought to foster godly spirituality and obedient discipleship. Indeed, good theology will make believers stronger better informed and consequently more effective disciples. Theology must be theocentric, meaning God-centered statement. We live what we believe. What does it mean to be a people of God called to follow, obey and surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ? That's our question, amen? There is a difference between subscribing to a religious belief and actually following Jesus as he desires. We live what we believe, or as you have lived, so you have believed. Bible says he's all we need, but it goes further. We must apply this theology of in Christ to our daily lives. We must learn to surrender and really live in the Lord. The book of Colossians will help you with that. I said what is theology, systematic theology, teaches, takes what the Bible teaches and relates to modern questions and modern, modern knowledge, our modern day setting. Theology is meant to help believers better understand and obey the scriptures. It exists to engender the worship of God and the proclamation of the gospel. That's what theology is. Revelation is another step towards being impacted, influenced deep down in your heart, soul, and mind. The term revelation means uncovering or unveiling, and I want to get to that, meaning a comprehensive reality check of who God is, who Christ is, and who the Holy Spirit is. Amen? Who wants a comprehensive reality check of who God is, of who the Son of God is, and who the Holy Spirit is? That's a good day when that happens. That's that's. An encounter with the living God. You'll never be the same again. Billy Graham constantly said, you must be born again. Every person on earth has an opportunity to be born again. Romans 8.29 says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. This is the word of God. He predestined everyone to be conformed to the image of God, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. This always was God's plan. Like the little caterpillar that transforms into a butterfly, so every human is destined to be transformed from just being born of of their earthly parents into also being born of God. Of course we had no choice when we were first born. We just simply arrived. Our parents made the choice for us. We become infused with a self-aware personality and endowed with freedom of choice. Everyone has a choice but to be born again. That's why we proclaim the choice to everyone. Even the good, the righteous, and religious leader, Nicodemus, was told by Jesus, you must be born again. Jesus said to him, Nicodemus, you're awesome. You're a man of God. You're a religious leader. You know the law better than anyone. You know theology better than anyone. But you must be born again. He could not get his head around it. He didn't realize his spirit, his soul needed to be saved by the sacrifice of Jesus. John 3.3, Jesus replied, Verily I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Got to get born again, guys. If you're struggling in the worship, can't read your Bible, you're not sure what's happening around you even right now, the words are not penetrating your heart, get born again. Just say, save me. I want, just see your leader, see your connect group leader and say, I'm not sure if I'm born again. And the obvious things are you can't worship, you can't read your Bible, and you just got no inclination towards God. Can I be as blunt as that? Amen? So when you're saved, you have a propensity to go to that Bible, to worship God, to get to church, to be inspired to make good choices, good decisions. How can someone, Nicodemus says, be born when they're old? Nicod- he's a smart guy, Nicodemus. He's asking a good question. Nicodemus asks, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb and be born again? John three five, Jesus said, verily I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. So the message is quite clear. you got to be born again to see the kingdom, amen? Unless we're born of the Holy Spirit, we're only born of the flesh. All of us, all of us are destined to be born again, to be born twice. Once of the flesh, then a second birth from above. A spiritual birth of God himself. Becoming a Christian is not about becoming religious, joining a particular even denomination or subscribing to a belief system. It's about a complete transformation of nature, of motivation, of a reason for living, of the mindset, of an emotional, of all your emotional attachments, and of our spiritual awareness. It is becoming a new species of person. Two Corinthians, 517 in the Amplified Version, therefore if anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral, spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. We receive a new nature, guys. The nature of the Father, Father God. The nature comes from His Spirit being made alive in us through connection with Him through Jesus. Isaiah 59 verse 2. I'm sorry, I'm going quick, but I've got to get this message nailed. I tried to do it this morning and I got derailed by by the Spirit. But your iniquities have separated you from, from your God. This is what the complication is on the spiritual laws of the planet is that people are disconnected from God. Why? Because of their iniquities, because of their sin. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. But that separation was finished when you gave your life to the Lord. When Christ died on the cross and offered you that free gift of salvation, that separation was closed. Amen? We became connected with the Father through which we are born of God by the Holy Spirit. Our natural genetic coding comes straight from our parents' Hence, we carry the characteristics of our parents, physically, mentally, and emotionally. The same applies when we are born of God. We receive the nature of God. The very nature of the Father is created within us. We become like our Father in heaven. Jesus becomes our pattern man. Romans 8, 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Even when you look back in the Garden of Eden, God had purpose to make man in his image. This begins, of course, when we're born again. We become his child, he becomes our father. Romans 8.15 The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, Father God, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's why we cry out like that. Now listen, the movie, but like the many movies, the plot, amnesia, the long kiss good night, I've not actually seen that, but the born identity I have, after sustaining a head injury, he woke up completely unaware of the life he had been living. In both of the movies, the star was previously a high-skilled assassin or spy. When they find themselves in a fight, their unconscious automatic responses reveal they've got skills. They discover all these talents. And Pastor Phil Pringle says, however, it's not just these latent heroes that are suffering from amnesia. Most believers are living with a permanent kind of amnesia, forgetting who they are. Negative circumstances constantly send us the message that we are far less than what the New Testament declares us to be. Often theology has been twisted to conform to the defeated, negative thinking of people who are interpreting life and God by their circumstances. We need to submit, Pastor Phil says, we need to submit to the Scripture, not submit the Scripture to our thinking. So, of course, the revelation of this born identity, we're praying, we're believing, will awaken us will awaken your hearts to who Christ is and who you are in Christ. So that when we enter our battles with a clear understanding of who we are and what we have, we will win. Another concept is the superhero movies is a certain clothing, Spider-Man, Superman, Iron Man. Suddenly they are equipped to do away beyond anything they could ever achieve on their own. They're equipped. To deal with all these problems and struggles and they can fly, destroy the enemy, great strength. The amazing thing is that these concepts are not far from biblical history. Samson lifted the gates of the city. Moses parted an entire ocean with a stick. Elijah prayed a simple prayer and fire scorched the sky. Jesus himself walked on water, ascended in the sky, glowed on a mountain, cast out demons and even raised dead people back to life. The New Testament declares we are in him. Not just once, but many times we are told that our position in life now is in that same person who lives supernaturally on earth, defying the odds on a regular basis. We're talking about Jesus. Our Iron Man suit is Christ. What's the other one? of Avatar. Thank you, Jessica. Avatar. Iron Man suit is what we're talking about. You step into that and you can transcend all the circumstance of life, all the difficulties, because of the skills that are in Christ. We have potential and abilities far beyond anything we could ever achieve alone. This has always been God's intention that we discover all we can be and who we can be in Christ. So basically, the New Testament is activated when we are in Christ. Not by keeping rules. Not by attending church, not by being religious, only by being in Christ. The Old Testament demanded that we keep laws that proved impossible to keep. We know that. Our flesh confirmed we were incapable of this. However, the New Testament is not about keeping laws, but about receiving a new nature through living in Christ. God brought this to us from the Garden of Eden, in fact. After Adam and Eve sinned, suddenly they became aware they were naked. They attempted To cover themselves with leaves, God supplied them with the skins of animals for their clothing. The animals had died as a sacrifice for their sins. And then their skin was used to clothe them, Adam and Eve. And our ache, our ache is to be clothed with another, of course, is ancient. This act of God in Eden as a prediction of Jesus being sacrificed for us. Then God clothes us with his skin, his life. We are clothed with glory, clothed with righteousness in Him, His glory, His nature, and we begin to live a new way of living in Him. In Him, I am righteous with His, not mine. In Him, I have the mind of Christ, the wisdom of God. In Him, I have complete and utter forgiveness, deliverance and healing. In Him, I am completely protected from the attacks of the devil, that the evil one cannot touch me not. In him, I have total redemption. In him, I have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's Son. Christ is my currency. He is the currency of heaven. Jesus himself, in fact, introduced this concept. John fifteen four: "'Remain in me as I also remain in you.'" No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. "'Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me.'" Ephesians 3.17 backs it up by saying, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I'm going to say that again for someone. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. See, Christ dwells in the environment of faith. Great boldness provides the atmosphere Jesus lives in. Doubt and negativity is not the home of God. See, if you've got doubt and negativity in your heart, God can't live there. In him is no darkness. John says that. Not even a shadow of turning He was declared his word will not deviate from it even the smallest of ways. Truth is a liberating force. Truth is a person, not a list of beliefs or philosophy of thought. Truth is Jesus himself. We are lost in darkness, disconnected from God. And when we're apart from Christ, he is truth. He sets us free. Christ liberates us into an entirely new way of living. The revelation of who you are and what you have in Christ becomes the reality of how we do life. Some people have an inclination towards being negative. There is something wrong with everything. The promises of God dismantle the negative grid you're viewing Scripture through, and in your spirit receive the Word. Like seed into fertile soil, Soil, like Maria was saying, it germinates, producing within you a transformation into a New Testament, new creation person. Truth is sealed in Scripture until the Holy Spirit breaks it open to us. Truth is sealed in Scripture until the Holy Spirit breaks it open to us. I'm going to say that again. Because some people have had the Word of God spoken to them so many times. And it has made no difference. That's a sad day. But this statement is saying, truth is sealed in Scripture until the Holy Spirit breaks it open to us. The book of Revelation speaks of seals being broken that had previously concealed what was written within the scrolls. When the word becomes Revelation, the church is transformed. And as we give ourselves to the Word, its author, the Holy Spirit illuminates truth to us. Knowing who we are and what we have ushers us into a new life, into a New Testament reality. When we do not know who we are and what we have, we are unable to enter into the land of the New Testament, of all these great promises. In fact, the degree which we know who we are and what we have is the degree we enter into what God has prepared for us. You look at the Israelites and they balk at entering the promised land because it is infested with giants. They step back away from what seemed impossible to them. Hebrews 3.19. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Oh, if we could just get everyone worshipping, if we could just get everyone in Christ, if we could just get everyone in that place of his presence, your pastor would be so delighted. Pastor Julie would be so delighted. It's about entering in. It's about entering in, isn't it? If you're not pressing in, front foot worship, pressing in, but if you're just kicking back in the world, You've got you to press in with faith. God comes rushing into your circumstance, comes rushing into your heart when your heart is full of faith. He comes into that place of faith. He's restricted when there's doubt and there's a nonchalant spirit, a quesera spirit. You guys don't know, young people, of a song that goes, Kesarah Sarah, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Will be. Christians are not supposed to be like that. We're going for the promised land. We're going into the promises of God. We're going into Christ. We're, we're, we're going. We're, 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 you know, not everyone can understand this until they get revelation, and that's where we're coming to. The degree which we know who we are and what we have is the degree we enter into what God has prepared for us. Of course, we said the Israelites couldn't enter in because they had unbelief. God tells them in Deuteronomy 135, God tells them that they will die in the desert. Not one from this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give your ancestors. There's a generation, there's there's people who are not going to get in. But I honestly believe this is the day for whole churches to come into the promised land. It could even be ours. It could even be ours. We're going to try. We mightn't get everyone, but we're going to try and get everyone into Christ. Who's with us on that? We're going to try. We're going to believe for it. Deuteronomy one thirty nine says, and the little ones that you said would be taken captive, your children who do not yet know good from evil, they will enter the land. They will give it to them, and they will take possession of it. This new generation of born-again, new creation people. The new nature possesses the new land of the New Testament. The old nature wants what the New Testament promises, but it's the new nature alone. It's only the new nature alone that can possess the land. All the promises in the Bible can only be acquired by being born again. This and this alone qualifies us to break through into that promised land. The land of Canaan was possessed by a new generation, the children of all those who came out of Egypt. The New Testament promises are possessed by the new man, the new creation person, the person who is born again. This revelation knowledge, not head knowledge, we are born again by the Holy Spirit in our spirit, not by the head or in our Head knowledge. Our head doesn't know God. We can know about God with our head, but we actually engage and commune with God through our spirit. It's our spirit that knows God. John four twenty four says, "God is spirit, and His worshippers must worship in spirit and truth." And that's where you see people going like this: "Lord, we worship You," and it's coming deep from inside their heart. The Bible says that our spirit. It's like almost in our belly. It's, it's people, they're pressing in. Their hands are lifted up. They're engaged and their spirit is yearning and crying out, grow with groans on, in- on the inside that they know not. But the Holy Spirit grips their spirit and all of a sudden they become ablaze with the glory of God. They're being transformed. They're a new creature in Christ. That old man is gone. That new, that new man takes over. The spiritual man takes over. The old man that was dead to God. We've stepped out of that when we get saved. We're a new creature. We can talk languages that you wouldn't even know. We can talk to God by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can breathe the oxygen of heaven. We can perform miracles. We've got super super strength. We've got great abilities. But you've got to get into that suit of the avatar. You've got to get into that Spider-Man outfit. You've got to get into that Superman outfit. You've got to be clothed with glory. You've got to be clothed with righteousness. Then you can be fully optimized. Then if you really want, you can get that, what's that suit? Spider-Man. No, that Superman, the Iron Man, that energizer thing. He, he's got the suit. It's great. It can do great stuff. But when he puts that in, and that's the Holy Ghost, man. Look out. Taken nations, Nairobi included. That's the Holy Ghost. That's why this stuff should excite you. We're not asking you to subscribe to boring religion. We're asking you to subscribe to be a superhero in God, a new creation in Christ. Right. Be able to pray mysteries under God through the prayer language. Makarusenden. makarindende. What did I say? I'm not sure, but I've just expressed mysteries to God, the Apostle Paul says. But some people don't even use that. Don't even use the, the power of tongues in their life when they're in a difficulty, when they need wisdom of God and they can pray and speak mysteries under God. The prayer language, your prayers go to God empowered by the Spirit of the Lord. Come on. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and truth. 1 Corinthians 2.11 For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. The knowing of God is light to our inner man. This is revelation. This is light that enters our spirit. As this light percolates into our mind, from our spirit we grasp the truths of God. Truth liberates us. We begin walking in the light, not the dark. John 8:32. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. As long as we're ignorant of truth, we are vulnerable to attack and destruction. The devil works under camouflage. Isaiah says in 4.6, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Christians are destroyed from lack of knowledge. They're in church, they're out of church, they're in the world. What happened? They were destroyed from lack of knowledge. The Bible is full of revelation. In the book of Revelations chapter 5, we read that as soon as the seals of the scrolls are broken and the word was unleashed, worship breaks out in heaven. And this is what we really got to believe, that somehow that people just don't get theology out of this course, but they get a revelation. Amen? The Lord said, use tonight as a prayer meeting... Use tonight as a prayer meeting that people would get not just theology. Yes, you need theology. You need to understand what it's about. But they would get revelation when Jesus said to Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Jesus said, man didn't give you that. You didn't get that out of your own intellect. Father God gave you that, gave you that illumination, gave you that revelation. And upon that revelation, Peter and by the way, your name's Peter now, not Simon. Simon means just a hearer. Peter means rock. He just got a full-blown prophecy from Jesus. He just got a full-blown... You're just not the Peter, the, the ordinary, uncouth, uneducated fisherman. No, you are Peter, and I'm going to build my church, my New Testament church on your revelation. And you're going to preach, and you're going to show the way, and you're going to get great revelation of how to build this church, Peter. You're going to be a great evangelist. Wherever you go, your shadow, even your shadow cast over people will heal people. Imagine being like that. Rachel. Rachel walks by someone in the supermarket and the lady in a wheelchair and all of a sudden, oh, the lady goes, oh, I'm healed, I'm healed. What happened? Rachel was just down there getting two liters of milk and all of a sudden this lady's out of a wheelchair and she's being healed by the shadow of Rachel. It's in the Bible. It's what happened to Peter. Why can't we do the same? Of course we can, because we're new creatures in Christ. The old is gone. These are all the riches that we get from Christ. What type of shadow are you casting? Is it a, Are you casting a shadow of death, or are you casting a shadow of life? Amen? That's what you've got to ask yourself. Daniel chapter 12 says, at that time, Michael, these are about the last days, the end days, do I believe we're in it. The great prince, what time is it? Yeah. The great prince who protects your people will arise. There will be a time of distress. Such has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. I'm reading from Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found, written in the book will be delivered. Amen. Multitudes will sleep in the dust of the earth, will awake some everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those, verse 3, those, and this is the important verse, 3, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever, like Garth and Jamie in Nairobi. But you, Daniel, roll up the seal, the words of the scroll, until the time of the end, and many will go here and there to increase knowledge. God says to Daniel, just roll all that revelation up. There's coming a time. Let's go to Revelations 5.1. Let's read this together. I'm going to go right through it, guys. I'm going to use it as a prayer. This is what I believe is happening in, in right now in the days in we live. God's revealing. God's breaking open revelation. God's breaking open revelation to the church. He wants to stabilize the church. He wants to get the church on the solid rock of Christ. These days are not just like ordinary days. Every weekend, every day, you need to apprehend the will of God for your life. You need to make use of the opportunity. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, The days are evil. Redeem the time. Make use of the days in which you have. It's not time to goof off. It's not time to just squander your life away. It's time to redeem the time. It's time to do Bible devotions in the morning, noon and night like I do. I do in morning, noon and night. I'm in the Word of God. Listen, it's times, it's the now time to get this revelation of who you are in Christ so that you can know who your identity is in Christ. So you can stand up and, and be the man or woman of God he's called you to be. And we got to really believe that this has happened and is happening. That God's revealed will, his revelation is being like fresh bread broken open to the church. And I believe that's what's happening in C3 Tagra. Jesus is the bread of life, amen? And he's breaking open the word of God to us. And it's a bit like this. How could this flow from heaven? Well, here it is. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep, see the lion of the tribe of Judah. Do not weep, see the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll. So Jesus went to the cross, he succeeded, he's risen. He lives at the right hand of the Father and interceding for you and me and the church. He has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Yes! Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures. And the elders, the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. I can't begin to tell you how much prayer has gone up from this church. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain with your blood. You purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. Now, right there, that's what C3 Tugger is. We're saved to be priests, to stand before God and lost humanity, to pray them and to serve them. And they will reign on the earth. We will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousand. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. Yes, in a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea. And all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. They just got a full blown revelation. They hit their knees. They hit the ground. And they began to worship our God. That's when you know you've had revelation. That's when you know you've had revelation knowledge imparted into you. Revelation 6.1 says, If we continued, I watched as the land opened, the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come, come, C3 Tugger, come. C3 Tugger, people of the earth, come. Revelation 6.2, I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow and he was given a crown. And he rode out as a conqueror, bent on conquest. Two trees in the Garden of Eden, the tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. John 6.63 says the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. Every day we get That's what I was trying to say. Every day we get to eat from the tree of life. When we feed on the Word of God, our spirit receives revelation. This is a transforming power changing us into the image of Christ. This is a transforming power changing us into the image of Christ. Living in the Word of God brings us faith and the power to overcome. It is overcomers Who get to eat from the tree? Revelations two seven. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him, say it: Who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So you can see. Lastly, in Matthew sixteen eighteen, Jesus says he will build his church. He says he will build it upon the rock of revelation knowledge, supernatural insight. He gets supernatural insight about who Christ is and who we are. Christ knows who he is and what he's meant to do. He says to Peter, You are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Peter becomes aware of who he is and what he is meant to do in his life. He gives Peter clear acknowledgement in three areas. One, how God has made him, that he's blessed. Blessed are you, Peter. Two, How God sees him as Peter, a rock rather than Simon, as just hearing. And three, his destiny. His destiny to build the church. In that supernatural moment in your connect group, in that supernatural moment in your lunch break, in that supernatural moment in church, Peter awakens to how God views him. He begins seeing himself as different to what he had known all his life. His surroundings had told him, who he is an uneducated rough fisherman without any hope of greatness his occupation his family his education his whole life has produced a grid through which he sees himself but in a moment jesus presents him with a prediction a prophecy giving him an entirely new view see 3 tagra not just a fisherman but a fisher of men he doesn't see peter as rough crude uneducated or locked into an ordinary life. He sees him as a miracle-working, spirit-filled, church-founding and powerful preacher. Jesus tells Peter, he is a rock. An entirely new picture breaks out in his mind. And that, my friends, affects everything. Absolutely everything. Choices about the future, choices about lifestyle. Suddenly it all changes. Jesus builds his church on these new creation persons. But a poor self-image determines, indetermines anyone's possibilities. The devil knows this. He works ceaselessly at imprinting a poor self-image on the minds of peoples everywhere. If the devil can get us to doubt who we are, we will be rendered powerless. The most cunning way the devil creates doubt is by using religion. People adopt a small, powerless, weak status. They believe this false humility will please God. However, this is not from heaven. This is a vision from hell. This is exactly how hell wants the people of God, to see themselves. We become cheated out of our inheritance when we accept this concept about ourselves. Colossians 2.18 says, Let no one cheat you out of your reward. Say it together. Let no one cheat you out of your reward. Taking delight in false humility. Even Jesus was attacked in this area. You know the quote, If you are the Son of God, To counter this, the Father gives Jesus something that will empower him to withstand the severest attacks from the devil and the worst circumstances in life. And it's this, you are my beloved son. Right from the foundation of Christ's ministry, God makes sure his one and only son knows who he is and what he has. He also tells him he is beloved and that before he carries out any work, great or small, that he the Father is pleased with him. Luke 3, 22. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved. You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. Let's all stand.